When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. And uh, joining us now is Moke Hamilton, talking all things NBA. It's been a minute, Moke. How are you? I'm doing very well, Anita. I'm doing very well. Hey, let me tell you. So I've actually been listening to your past couple of segments. Um, I think you hit the nail right on the head with Scoot Henderson, man. Sometimes I wonder if people get bored of, of, of hearing us with each other because we kind of see a lot of things eye to eye, you know what I mean? I'm right with you with Scoot Henderson and your take on Wemby and, and everything that you just said about the, uh, the draft that just happened a few days ago. Well, let's dive into it. Wimby, again, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Everything we're hearing is that the dude is going to be otherworldly. He's going to be the next unicorn in the NBA. Um, I find it interesting, the team that's around him, because he's young, he's still going through puberty, and he's still developing to try to uh, not have so many injuries. At what point in time do you feel, you know, well, well, let me ask you this. How do you how do you feel the Spurs are going to handle Wimby? Moke? Well, yeah, no, I, I think that there's definitely reason to think uh, and to call Greg Popovich and the Spurs medical staff sort of like the godfathers of, of modern NBA load management, right? Like, I think that's even a term that was coined from within the Spurs organization, or at least mm-hmm. popularized to, 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 to those, of, uh, those regular people out there like us, us that just watch the game and, and pontificate about it. But... Uh, you know, I, like, like I said, I feel the same way. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they bring him on slowly, if they, you know, are measuring him every day, if they're tracking his sleep, if they're continuing with his nutritional programs and otherwise putting training wheels on him. Like, I, I can definitely see that. And uh, for that reason, I'm, I'm not necessarily bullish about his rookie of the year prospects either. You know, like I said, I, I agree with you 100%. I agree with everything that you said about, uh, you know, about his prospects and about his tenure in the NBA in all likelihood being more of a marathon than a sprint. Now, all that said, the Spurs had to pick him, you know, and sometimes having the number one overall pick, it's sort of like a blessing and a curse because we expect NBA general managers and front office execs and their scouting staff, we expect them to be able to tell the future. And sometimes they're put in the unenviable predicament of simply having to pick somebody because of the fear of regret. And we don't have to go back that far. Look at Zion Williamson, right? Like there was no way that the New Orleans Pelicans were not able to select Zion number one. They had to pick him number one. The Spurs kind of found themselves in the same situation with Wemby. And now at this point, the fun starts, right? Now is when we get to watch and see how we develop and see if he's able to fulfill the lofty expectations that most have of him. Yeah, I mean, great point to be made. Uh, that's for sure. Um, you mentioned Scoot Henderson again. Uh, I, I it, it was a lot of people felt that the draft happened at two. That's when it began because everybody was expecting Wimby to go to the Spurs. 
And uh, leading up to the draft, man, the, the, at one point in time, uh, when Woj came out, I want to say it was like 24 hours before the draft, and he said Charlotte's going to take him, uh, Brandon Miller. Um, it, it, it went to like minus 800 um, that Miller was going to go to the Charlotte Hornets at two. I still was believing in Scoot Henderson. Like I said, I, I think they're they're going to regret passing up on him. But nonetheless, why do you feel Scoot Henderson is a better player than Miller? Well, I think if you just look at Scoot's body of work, and first of all, I, I got to say, Scoot, his parents hail from my hometown of Hempstead, New York. So I got to say, shout out to uh, to the local product. Um, you know, even though you know he made his way down to Georgia and his basketball path brought him different places. A lot of happy people in my hometown of Hempstead, New York, with uh, Scoot going where he did and ending up in the situation that he is. But uh, if you just look at his body of work, if you look at his body and you look at where he is physically, he, he, he for a very long time, he's looked like a man among children, um, pretty much dominated at every level that he's been at. And then also the work ethic, you know, and then the, uh, the opportunity to, to, to kind of hone your craft and play among other professionals or other aspiring professionals. You know, I think it's just done a lot to get him ready to be at this stage, you know. Um, and as far as Portland, you know, going with him at number three and, and Charlotte going with Brandon Miller at number two, I, I, I think that the main thing with Charlotte very, very interesting situation with that franchise now with Michael Jordan ceding his majority stake in ownership, yet still being entrusted to steer the draft for them. You know, unfortunately, people consider Jordan the GOAT, but uh, if you look at, at, at his track record of draft picks over the years and guys that he sort of had his fingerprints on, a uh, lot, lot of question marks there. Uh, but I will at least say that I can make sense of Charlotte falling in love with Brandon Miller just because LaMelo Ball, at least at this point, you got to hope that his uh, long-term career prospects don't land him where his older brother Lonzo is at the moment. But LaMelo is, is the apple of the eye of that franchise. Everything that they're thinking about and conceiving and hoping to be revolves around him. And I think at this point, it's fair to say that Brandon Miller seems to complement LaMelo a little better. So I thought that the top three played out exactly how I thought it would. Most people around the league saw it going this way as well, which is why Portland was somewhat reluctant to part from that number three pick, though they did take calls on it and did consider it. So uh, very excited to see how things shake out from here. Again, Moke Hamilton joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, this was your and my first chance to talk after the NBA Finals. I don't toot my horn that often, but when I do, I try to toot <laughs> it really loud. And uh, not only did I have the Miami Heat beating the Boston Celtics in seven, but I also had the Denver Nuggets winning the NBA championship in five. So I, uh, I called I both those series. Boop, boop. Mm -hmm. Cash, cash, cash for everyone. Um, so with that being said, heading into this season, I, I find it pretty interesting. We've had some interesting trades. As we know, KP going to the Boston Celtics, right? Um, and them. so now they add KP to the Boston Celtics, but they lose Marcus Smart. Uh, very interesting. So, uh, so with that being said, now the Boston Celtics favored to win the NBA championship at plus 475. I can't believe it. 
um, over the Denver Nuggets. Now, Denver Nuggets, um, you know, five to one. So it's just a little bit, but KP, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not thrilled with this KP move. I, I, I don't, I love Marcus Smart. I think, I think Boston isn't as good without Marcus Smart. I love the addition of Marcus Smart going to Memphis. I'm not saying Memphis is going to win the championship, but I like the move of Marcus Smart going to Memphis the more than I like the move of KP going to Boston. Nonetheless, I'm still putting my money on the Denver Nuggets running it back. What say you? What are your thoughts heading into uh, next year's futures market? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you. You know, I'm I'm with you. Uh, you know, with Denver, there are some questions on that roster that they're going to have to figure out. Uh, Bruce Brown, obviously a big part of them walking away with the Larry O'Brien trophy. They got to figure out whether they're going to be able to bring him back or not. But I, you know, I think that when we look back in history, I think that we will say that the super team, at least in the modern era, I think that we'll say that it lasted about 15 years. Um, I think that we'll say that it began with the Celtics in 2008 and it ended it ended with the Denver Nuggets winning the 2023 NBA Finals because I think that we now realize that this whole idea of getting three max salary players or four high salary players and slapping them together and just filling around spare parts and winning, most teams were not able to win following that model, right? Like the Nuggets, they drafted well. They have a guy in the middle, Nikola Jokic, who's, who's basically as close to impossible to stop as we've seen. And as long as he's there and Jamal Murray is there and they have their coaching staff and they have their supporting cast, I, I, think, I think that I'm looking at them as the favorites as long as they're healthy. Uh, did the Celtics help themselves? I think they did. I, I think what a lot of people may not be, be, be paying close attention to is the fact they are somewhat deep at the guard position. They did get Derek White. They do have other guys that can help, and they also have free agency, right? So they'll have an opportunity to go out there and get a more true point guard to somewhat replace what Marcus Smart is, is uh, what's left in his departure, at least on the offensive end. Defensively, I think they see Porzingis as someone that can help protect the rim, but also space the floor for them, which is very, very important at the five spot for them. So. I can kind of make sense of it. I don't know that I love it either just because Marcus Smart was the Boston Celtics, but I can make sense of it. When you get that close and you fall short, sometimes, just like the Lakers did a few years ago when they brought in Russell Westbrook, the front office decides to shake it up and try something a little different, and that's what the Celtics have done here. Do I, do I favor them over the Nuggets? Definitely not. But I do understand why they made the move. And at this point in the Eastern Conference, I think they're right back up at the top with an opportunity to win the conference again this coming season. So I, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, Moke, before we let you go, uh, let's turn our attention to what's going here in our own backyard. Each and every summer, uh, we know just how crazy, right, um, how crazy it gets for, uh, for you know, a, a, in, in the NBA and, and, and the amount of money that's being thrown around. Before we start talking about what we think or what you think the Knicks and the Nets are going to do, kind of explain uh, the how how things are going to change now in regard to teams that are going to be penalized uh, for spending too much money. Yeah, so that that's a real interesting one. Uh, so 
the so there's a new collective bargaining agreement. I think by this point everybody's heard that. And the details of it are, are coming out slowly but surely, right? But there is a lot that we know, especially anybody who follows the great Bobby Marks. Um, he's obviously been all, been all over everything, being the front, front office insider. But long story short, Anita, there are new restrictions placed on teams that far exceed the luxury tax threshold. And what, what is happening now is everybody sees every year the NBA salary cap goes up because the cap itself is a function of how much money the league makes. And by and large, each year more people watch the games, basketball-related income increases, and that's part of the reason why the salaries are continuing to go up. So now maximum salaries for certain players, depending on the circumstances, can average in the $60 million per year range. We're expecting that Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics will end up somewhere in that range if he gets his max deal from the Celtics. All that said, what happens now if you have a team that even attempts to have three max guys on the same roster, number one, they're going to be paying a very, very onerous luxury tax, especially if they're repeat offenders of exceeding the luxury tax. So you can look at a team like the Golden State Warriors that might end up paying a tax bill north of $200 million just because of where their payroll stands. Most NBA owners are not going to be willing to write those kind of checks. So you're going to be seeing teams start to trade away pieces the same way the Washington Wizards just did with Bradley Beal. Aside from that, there are also restrictions that are going to be placed on those high-spending teams from being able to sign players that have been bought out of their contracts. So a guy like Chris Paul, for example, who was a buyout candidate with the Wizards, if the new rules were in place and Chris Paul were bought out, the Golden State Warriors would not have been able to sign him on the secondary market, you know? So, again, new restrictions. There will be harsh economic sanctions on the part of the team for exceeding the, the tax threshold. And, uh, you know, it's going to change the way that, that teams operate. And you might see some teams selling some otherwise good player personnel just to avoid those stiff penalties. So we're, we're, we're on the dawn of a new economic era in the NBA that I think will help the league achieve more parity as we move forward. Um, again, Moke Hamilton joining us here. Okay, so with that being said, um, what can we expect? Let's start with the Knicks first and foremost. Uh, I, I know as we were in the midst of, uh, of the postseason, uh, there was a lot of talk and speculation, some big names out there that potentially could find their way to the garden, like Giannis, like Embiid, like Harden, just to name a few. Uh, and, and we had the discussion in regard to Bobby Marks was on with us. Like, what would it take for uh, the, the Knicks to pull off a trade like that in regard to the talent they already have on the roster? And we know they've got a, a, a lot of draft capital coming in. So with that being said, uh, what realistically, what do you expect from them this, this summer? Well, I would say that I'm not I'm not necessarily expecting well whatever the Knicks do, I think that they will be patient in their approach if they have an opportunity. So a good friend of both of ours, Ian Begley, you know, he's been reporting that the Knicks have been talking to the Clippers about Paul George. I think Paul George would make perfect sense on this roster, but at the end of the day, it's it's all about what you have to give up for him. And I think at this point, Leon Rose and his uh, his front office 
they've at least shown a willingness to draw a line in the sand and to not exceed it if they feel that what's being asked of them is too much. So I think that they'll be patient. Um, what I can tell you is that they are looking at a lot of different things. Uh, they are looking, you know, I mean, like when you look at the free agency market, you know, you see guys like Jeremy Grant, you know, you see guys like Draymond Green, even though I don't expect Draymond Green to end up leaving Golden State. Um, and then, you know, when you look at the trade market, you know, you think about a guy like a Paul George. And I think the Knicks are kicking the tires on all of that. I think that they're committed to Julius Randle and to Jalen Brunson and that everybody else is at least able to be discussed in a potential deal. So that's what I would expect. I would expect them to, to be meticulous about their approach. And above all, I will definitely say that the New York Knicks front office, from what I understand, is watching what happens with Chris Middleton. And I think that that's one of the, the bigger storylines in the offseason that not many people are talking about. Um, Nick Nurse, Toronto Raptors, famously removed himself from consideration of being the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. There are some people that wondered what brought that forth. And now you look at Milwaukee with a new ownership group, Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez, both free agents this summer, Chris Middleton just opting out of his $40 million option. If Chris Middleton is not brought back to that team, it is possible that Giannis will at least entertain the idea of playing somewhere else. And if you're the Knicks, you know, that is the kind of opportunity that you've been stockpiling these assets for more so than Paul George, more so than Zion, more so than even a Damian Lillard, it would be somebody like a Giannis. So uh, if I'm a fan of the Knicks, that's, that's what I'm looking at most closely in the coming weeks is Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, and where they land because it will have implications on Giannis's future. And last but not least, really quick, Moke, uh, what do you anticipate for the Nets? I think the Nets at this point are going to continue. Uh, so they've, they've rebuffed a lot of offers for Mikel Bridges. It's obvious that they see him as not only a building block for the future, but also a magnet that could attract other players to want to land in Brooklyn. Obviously, Damian Lillard is someone that does fit in that category. Lillard has, uh, has even gone on the record as saying that if he were to decide to leave Portland, that Brooklyn and Miami would be his destinations of choice. I think that Brooklyn has the pieces, they have the draft capital, they have a few young pieces that would allow them to create a better offer than the Heat. Uh, in particular, the Heat would need to find a taker for Tyler Hero. I'm not sure that would be easy based on the contract that he has attached to him. So right now, the Nets, from what I hear and from what I understand, are really focused on the Damian Lillard situation. They're, they're looking for a resolution to that. And I will also say that with the Trailblazers selecting Scoot Henderson, I think that at this point you have reason to believe that Damian Lillard may finally decide it's time to pursue the rest of his career elsewhere because he has let it be known that he's not necessarily on the same timeline as a 19, 20, 21-year-old kid coming in there trying to develop into being a superstar. So I, I, I think that's the most important situation for the Nets right now. And again, similar to Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton, Jeremy Grant, also a free agent. So if he ends up leaving Portland, there's no way to argue that that team is getting worse. At that point, 
it's fair to say they are going on an all-out rebuild, and it would only be a matter of time before Lillard says, you know what, I think, I think it's time to move on, and that's what Brooklyn at this point is hoping to hear and is waiting for. Great stuff as always, Moke. Appreciate you being on with us. Thank you, my friend. My pleasure. You take care. You got it. Moke Hamilton joining us here at 98.7 ESPN. We'll be right back. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage, to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. All right, enter the ESPN New York no-hitter sweepstakes for your chance to win $25,000. Find a no-hitter tile on the ESPN New York app. Pick a team, submit your entry. Today's qualifier is Christy Gilroy. Sorry, Christy Gilroy from Jersey City, who's chosen the New York's National League team to throw a no-hitter today, presented by Mohegan Sun, Casino.com. For full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. As we know, the Yankees and the Mets in action today. First pitch for both games uh, coming your way around 1.35 p.m. Eastern time. We've got Tom producing the show. Tom, what are the lineups? Give it to us, babe. Well, let's start with the New York Mets out in Philly, hoping to win their first series since the beginning of June, which they beat the Phillies in that series. They've gone 6-14 and 14 since. Here's the lineup for the game leading off bat. Leading off for the Mets in center field is Brandon Nemo. Bang second and right is Starling Marte. The shortstop, Francisco Lindor, is third. Pete Alonso playing first. 
fourth in the lineup. DHing batting fifth is Daniel Volkel back in left field is Tommy Pham batting sixth. In the seventh hole is Jeff McNeil at second. Brett Beatty will hold down third base, batting eighth, and Omar Narvaez batting ninth and catching. The pitcher will be Carlos Carrasco. Out in the Bronx, it will be Glaber Torres leading things off, playing second. Uh, Harrison Bader is in center field. He'll bat second. Excuse me, Glaber Torres leading off. Harrison Bader batting second. Anthony Rizzo playing first, batting third. Stanton will be the DH today in the cleanup position. Jake Bowers in right field. Batting fifth, surprisingly, Josh Donaldson out for his third straight game. He will not be starting. DJ LeMahieu will get the start at third, batting sixth. Billy McKinney's in left, batting seventh. Anthony Volpe at short, batting eighth. And Jose Trevino catching Garrett Cole and batting ninth. Fantastic. Um, Appreciate you, Tom, uh, for uh, for all that insight and uh, getting our listeners ready for both the uh, the Mets and the Yankees matchup. Uh, quick break, talking about the Yankees. Uh, when we come back, Max Goodman joined me earlier on the program. If you missed that, uh, we will uh, we'll play that for you next, talking all things Aaron Judge, what we can expect from him moving forward, this Yankees team, the Yankees organization, and uh, as we get inching closer and closer and closer to the trade deadline. So all that next here on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, As soon as I get off the show, I'm going to clean myself up, head out into the city, and celebrate. Um... It's going to be a fun day. Hopefully the rain will stay away. We've got about six minutes left in the show. Larry Hardesty comes your way next. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Let's recap as we started our morning bright and early, 8 a.m. with On the Tee. Keegan Bradley at the top of the leaderboard right now at 21 under. Chevs Reavy right behind him at 20 under. So just one shot back. Datagoff gives Keegan Bradley a 55% chance, 55.5 to be exact, chance of winning this bad boy. He is a hometown hero right now. He's got uh, grew up in Vermont. 
went to school in Massachusetts, uh, shot a 62 on Thursday, 63 on Friday, 64 yesterday. Um, he's got friends and family out there. So really, this is his for the taking. Uh, I think it, it does come down between those two guys, unless, of course, one of them stumbles and falls. You've got Patrick Cantlay, who's five shots back, uh, and we know how good Cantlay is. Uh, my picks here, and of course, one of it is pulling up my heartstrings because everybody knows how much I love Ricky Fowler. Uh, Ricky Fowler right now is tied for fourth. He's 15 under, so uh, he's six shots back. I've got him to finish in the top five at plus 165. Uh, his, his putting has just been absolutely fantastic. Uh, he is uh, tied tied for seventh in putting, and he was first in strokes gained total yesterday. So if he could pick up where he left off yesterday, watch out. He can stay in the top five. Also, Scotty Scheffler, uh, I've got him finishing in the top five. He's tied for seventh right now, so he's uh, seven shots back. His putting, 74th, but he's one of the best ball strikers on tour. So uh, I do believe that he finishes in the top five at plus 130. And also, let's give some love to Justin Thomas. He's tied for seventh as well. You can wager that he's going to finish in the top five at three to one. And he's having a great tournament. Missed the cut at the uh, U.S. Open last week. But boy, shot a 62 yesterday. He's first in strokes gained tee to green and six on strokes gained on approach. So that's how I am playing it heading into today's final round. Where, by the way, uh, Keegan Bradley and Reavy, they tee off at 155. Uh, Ricky Fowler tees off at 145. And Justin Thomas tees off at 125 along with Scotty Scheffler. So just so you know, you have a timetable in regard to if you want to play my picks uh, when your timetable is uh, to, to definitely get in. Um, uh, before we, and, and I just wanted to kind of recap our show, but before we do, we've, we've got Ed who's calling in from Mohegan. Ed, good morning. Welcome in. How are you? Hey, Anita, how you doing? Fantastic. Um, good morning. Yeah. Thanks for taking the call. I appreciate it. Get me on so quick. Uh, listen, um, the Yankees, you know, in the nineties and, and look, this is not on Steinbrenner. Steinbrenner, Gene Michael built the Yankees in the 90s. That was on him. So I give him all the credit. But, you know, he had the team built in a way where all the wealth was distributed evenly. Like you guys like Judge and Stanton and Donaldson and Cole. And, you, and, and, even, and Judge, you had to sign Judge. I get it. You had to pay him. But you look at, you look at the teams in the 90s, especially in 96. Mike Stanton... The pitcher, the relief pitcher, was a bigger part of Yankee history than Giancarlo did. That's what I'm talking about. You don't need all, you don't need big name players anymore. You just don't. Nobody wins with them. And when I look at that team, that's what I see, that old team. Everything was broken up evenly. You had Tim Raines. You had your Cecil Fielders. You had your Wade Boggs. You had your Graham Lloyds. You had your Stantons, your Nelsons. The Yankees aren't winning that many games in the 90s without Stanton and Nelson setting up Mariano. And then you look at Giancarlo Stanton, and he hasn't won anything. And then when they signed him, when they signed Giancarlo, I said, oh, it's going to be embarrassing how many uh, World Series the Yankees win now. It's going to be easy. They haven't won any. And, you know, I just i am surprised that the organization has done that. And I understand you had to do it with Judge. But you know what? I think it's going to be a couple of years before they win anything because there's got to be a little bit of a reset. 
You know, you're going to yep, need guys like Bolte of... coming through and, and Spencer Jones being brought up maybe next yeah, year. Yeah, a lot and of people... Coming, uh, and unfortunately, I'm, I'm, I'm up against the time. So, I, I, you know, I wanted to get you on. I apologize. Uh, don't forget, Larry Hardesty is following me, and I'm sure he'd love to take your calls and continue to talk about this. But there's a lot of people who feel that uh, this Yankees team needs a reset. In fact, uh, just to um, uh, go back to, to what we said earlier, we, we posted a poll yesterday on the show on our 98.7 ESPN Twitter feed. Uh, how many folks out there, how many Yankee fans feel that they should be sellers as opposed to buyers as we get closer to the trade deadline? Over 80%, over 80% said sellers, not buyers. So it just kind of goes to show you where the mindset is right now with a, a lot of Yankee fans, that's for sure. All right, uh, let's end the show strong. And, and, and again, I want to thank Max Goodman who joined us, Dr. Robert Friedman, giving us some insight in regard to Aaron Judge's injury, toe injury, and in and, and what now we're more in the know what we can realistically expect. Moke Hamilton as well. Uh, I did love the Cubs Cardinals over 11 and a half right now. They're in the fifth inning and they've got 10 runs. So that's going to pay off. Uh, I also like the Orioles today at even money. Uh, Bradish is on the bump for the Orioles and he's just been unstoppable at home. Two runs in his last three starts. So in Seattle, this is their third trip out east uh, they're ready for some home cooking they're ready to get home so uh, i do like the orioles as well as for the yankees as we know garrett cole on the bump today for the yankees eight and one with a 264 era going up against evoldi who's nine and three with a 280 so that should be a good pitching matchup and carrasco going for the mets today with a 2-3 record 634 era zach wheeler will be pitching for the phillies 6-4 with a 348 era so uh, just to get you ready for the afternoon, again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Really do appreciate it. Uh, Tom and Joe, thank you for producing. Always great working with you each and every Sunday morning. Uh, everybody, happy Pride. Uh, I will be back. I've, I'm filling in on Wednesday and Friday night. So I'll be back both nights here on 98.7 ESPN. Stay tuned. Larry Hardesty comes your way next. Uh, again, everybody, happy Pride.